High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. Well, every day this week on News Talk, you could win your M50 toll for an entire year. You know your preset button on your car? Well, we want you to reset it to make it number one. Take a pic of your radio and post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using hashtag NT number one. All your tolls could be paid. We'll announce a winner every day this week on News Talk Drive between four and seven. Remember, make News Talk your number one. Well, just back from my holiday, of course, in which I had rest and relaxation in the kind of comfort I'm designed to, to have. And now, of course, I'm joined by Barry Kenny, who is the kind of, you're the kind of green party or extreme left of travel. <laughs> you believe if you're not in pain and suffering on your holiday, it's not a real It's holiday. called immersing yourself in the culture, you know. <laughs> So what are you immersing yourself in? I'm immersing, in? I mean, obviously, I'm sure you dine very, very well. But, you know, food is such a huge part of holidays. But street food <laughs> is... Sorry, I'm laughing. ...a window into the soul of your destination. Street food. Street food. You go along to yeah. some fella cooking on the side of the street. Effectively, yes. You don't know where it came from. Nope. But you don't know where anybody's come from. You don't know where the five-star restaurant you've popped into, where the Michelin star, you take it on trust. That that's right. going to be good. Okay. But right. The reason I, I thought of street food uh, was because I don't know if you heard of the report a couple of weeks ago that Bangkok, which basically is the world capital of street food, was on the point of banning it outright. Uh, and, this, and it's the world capital of street food. I mean, this is basically, I mean, it, it was horrifying for locals, it was horrifying for tourists, the equivalent of Ireland banning Guinness. Uh, but this know. is because presumably all the dead people are littering the sidewalks <laughs> of, of Bangkok. <laughs> well, maybe more the, more the dead vermin, actually, is the problem. <laughs> Basically, they, now, be it the reaction or be it that it was lost in translation, the Bangkok officials have rolled back furiously from this, saying, no, all we want to do is clear the main thoroughfares, designate areas and impose some standards. OK, you've presumably been there. Yes. And you met this stuff. Yes. Yeah, and, and you're still with us. Still with us. And in fact, the only piece of uh, upset stomach like I got was actually from a roofed establishment in Bangkok. But as tell, to explain street. street food to me. Street food, I mean, look, it differs all over the world, but effectively you are talking about mobile carts, mobile cooking operations that set up on the side of streets that are serving people literally passing by. They're passing by on pavements. Some cases they're passing by in cars and you are buying and eating your food on the go. There may be tables. Take Chinatown in Bangkok. This place is extraordinary. The great thing about it is that the main street where you get your food in, in Chinatown is named Fikiao Yawarat, uh, an infamous emphasis on the rat at the end of it. But it is a production. You have flames soaring, you have aromas wafting down this street. Seafood, if you want spicy seafood stir-fry, if you want stir-fry prawns, this is where okay. you're going now, to get Now, there's it. only one problem with mm. this. Like, English is not the lingua franca mm. of Bangkok, yes. in my experience, anyway. Uh, so how do you explain to the guy that you want it very spicy or not so spicy or that you don't like broccoli or whatever? <laughs> well, there's a lot of pointing because the food is out there in front of you. Okay. And you can see the freshness as well. I mean, I really, it, it is impossible to overstate just how gorgeous the food is in Chinatown in Bangkok. Add to that then pad thai, right? The, yeah. the, the noodle dish. There was a stall that we christened the mangy dog uh, because... 
<laughs> the owner happened to have three mangy dogs sitting around his establishment, which is effectively was like a rundown garage. And the most beautiful pad thai for just over a euro fifty. With three mangy with dogs. three mangy dogs sitting around. You know, they're quite friendly mangy dogs as as it happens. Uh but beautiful food. I told you before, George, I review everything on TripAdvisor. This place could not be found and could not be verified by TripAdvisor <laughs> so they wouldn't allow us. If you want to go a little bit extreme, you can get the grasshopper snacks as well. What, actual grasshoppers? Uh, actual, actual grasshoppers. <laughs> deep fried uh, grasshoppers. I think the deeper fried, the better, to be fair. Have you tried them? Yeah, you don't want the chew. I mean, it's, it was basically like eating sawdust. It was fine. But is, is Mrs. Kenny with you on this? This is the thing I think most wives <laughs> are listening in awe, uh, that Mrs. Kenny is prepared to follow you into the barn of Wales. Well, she draws the line at the grasshoppers. Okay. But, you know... The mangy dog? The mangy dog, no problem at all. New Year's day, night, or New Year's morning at four in the morning. It was the only place serving in the area. Mangy dog was where it was at. And uh, you look, I mean, I think you have to be sensible. You look at these places, you look at the freshness of the food, you look at, I mean, cleanliness is something that you really have to take, uh, as I say, on faith. But I think the freshness of the food and the popularity. If a place has a queue, and if it has a queue of locals, then that's okay. somewhere to go. Now, that's Bangkok. Yes. Presumably... Like the great street food places, I would just imagine, mm. would say be India or China or... The, the Far East generally, yes. presumably, well, is I mean, the home you, of street food. Vietnam is a real challenger to uh, Bangkok standing in terms oh, of yeah? the uh, that, those soupy beef, uh, the, the faux dishes, rice noodles, brimming with star anise, cinnamon, ginger, fish sauce, things like that. Um, but India... The chat, every uh, street corner, every street side has these chat sellers. Uh, chat. Uh, chat, C-H-A-A-T, and the batata vada. That's what I want. I want to go to Mumbai. I want to get a plate load of desperately bad for you uh, batata vada, which is basically deep fried potatoes and chickpea flour and about 1,000 calories for your breakfast portion. Um <laughs> samosas, aloo tiki, all of this. So it's absolutely ingrained in the culture there. Now, in a place here that is getting very, very popular, its food is Mexican food in Ireland. Yeah. Of course, you know, you've got queues at the door of Boojum, we've got branches all around town. But the tacos that they serve in the carts. Be it in Mexico. In Mexico. Be it in the places that we would go to as tourists, like, the, like Cancun, like Playa del Carmen, or more particularly in Mexico City. Uh, you have all of that Gorgeous, gorgeous meat, all the fillings in terms of the beans, the cheese, the guacamole. And of course, we have to watch now because guacamole or avocado is soaring. I don't know if you read that. There is a world shortage of avocados, such as the popularity of Mexican food. Now, now. funny enough, in my slightly different experience in mm. my holiday, on one day I did have guacamole yes. and what they call chips, which yeah. is... Uh, the dip, the, the actual yeah, corn dip tortillas. In way, yeah, yeah. I thought it was rubbish. Did <laughs> you? Right. Well, everyone has their... So you probably had a sanitised tourist package. I'm sure I did. Yeah. Rather than something that's absolutely hopping with the, with the spice. I mean, you, you like your spice. I you, do. Yeah. yeah. And was it bland? Absolutely. Yeah. You want you wanted to have all that salsa, all that, that chilli just jumping out of yeah, it. Yeah, I did, yeah. And that's right. Staying in the Americas, jerk chicken in the Caribbean. I'm sure you've jerk chicken. jerk chicken. There is jerk you can. Jerk. Is this now in Jamaica or somewhere? Like it, it, funny, it is most associated with Jamaica, but for me, it's nighttime outside the reggae lounge in St Lawrence's Gap on the south coast of Barbados. <laughs> 
<laughs> your Roma wafting. So you don't go for your lunch in Sandy Lane. No, there the only time I went to Sandy Lane was I was on a boat trip up the coast and you were able to hire out jet skis and I jet skied onto the beach because they won't let you in the other side. Oh, yeah. Even with the Irish owners. <laughs> right. But the aromas wafting up for you. So, you know, chicken marinated in scotch, bonnet chilies, okay. all spices. Question. Oh, yes. It, you, the only figure you've mentioned so far, but presumably it's pretty standard mm. around the world, was a, a, a Euro 50 yes. in Bangkok for your lunch, yes. right? Yes. In the mangy dog. Yes. And it's probably that kind of number by and it's large low. around the world. Yeah. 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 Well, how can they do it if they're giving you succulent prawns fresh from the sea <laughs> and chicken, you know, blah, blah, blah? Because they don't have, I suppose, the, uh, shall we say, production line that we do here. And it is direct from source. It is direct from market. And because this is food that's not designed for you and I. It's designed for the locals. So therefore, it has to meet the locals' pocket. The, econo- the economy, yeah. yeah. And not only that, but actually, and this is one of the things about the street food in Bangkok, it's the pathway to employment. Because the establishment costs are so low, the, the obviously the hiring and firing costs uh, are low, and it is the access point right. for people to eat out. Now, basically, you're telling me to go to outside the reggae bar in Barbados, <laughs> yes. yeah, whereas I'd be down the road in Sandy Lane, yes. right? But here's the point. If you take Ireland, yes. okay, every day uh, health authority mm. inspectors are yes. going into restaurants and... They're shutting them down. You're yes. reading your paper the following day. He went in and he found two cockroaches yes. and he shut the place down. Yes. And they're worried that the entire city is not uh, knocked out. Yes. So therefore, how can the fella in the mangy dog provide food which is knocking you, not knocking you out when we have uh, protection officers going into well, every I restaurant imagine, in Dublin? I imagine their constitutions have been strengthened some, somewhat through um, no, experience. No, their constitution. Well, I'm well, talking about yours. Yeah, oh, look, it's Russian roulette. I mean, you know, let's not jerk from the fact. But you <laughs> said you never got sick <laughs> until you went into a Michelin <laughs> star restaurant. No, 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 it wasn't. It was a, uh, it was a uh, underneath the railway tracks <laughs> leading into one of the main <laughs> Uh, Bangkok stations, but it was actually a roofed establishment. Um, you want something a little healthier, maybe? Then on on, on it's tr- not a proper Thai holiday unless you spent three days straight on the bowl <laughs> of some dodgy seafood. Well, I actually spent thirteen hours on a flight home suffering from it. Uh, I will. Say well, Anna said the, the 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 nurse tried to explain. You go poo poo in the vo- in, before you get a dose of strong antibiotics. True story, Susanna. She was in terrible state from dodgy seafood in Thailand. Uh, but you, you, you can be. The one thing I will say is, I find I get very, very aware of the need to clean, the need to, uh, you know. I remember being in Egypt and constantly kind of washing the hands because people say when you handle notes, the notes have been worn and they've been handed from hand to hand. There's germs there, so you, you, you tend to find that you keep yourself All right. quite clean. Now, ghost tacos in Sayulita, Mexico, the best street food in the world. Wow. Far. Okay, goat. I, I, I have to say, I shy away from goat. Do not, not grass. Well, no, when yeah. when I, I went to Haiti on a regular basis, for Haiti, the charity, goat stew, right? Yes. I didn't eat any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> <You're> right. <okay. laughs> but the interesting thing is, I carried around a bottle in my pocket. Okay? Of a hand sanitizer, was it? Of a hand sanitizer. Yes. And I was afraid to shake hands with a Haitian <laughs> without okay. sanitizing man. But the interesting thing, I actually went into one of these hovels, mm-hmm. right, where people were living. And I kind of poked around in a hovel. And then I picked up their baby and I 
held there being yeah. now admittedly for television at me yes, alone, yeah. but I did it yes. right I didn't die no of course you didn't I do mean, you know, so maybe we exaggerate I, the I, hand I, sanitizer. No, I think it's sensible. I really do. I mean, I would continue to do it, but it's just, I don't think we should shut ourselves off from the real experience because as I say, you know, food is so much a part of, of cultures. Yeah. I, I brought Ingrid to Bangkok. I mean, I certainly need to bring her to street food, but we're in this uh, Marriott, you know, this mm. sort of five-star Marriott and everything. Else. And next week I go down to breakfast, a big buffet, you know, all the yes. usual stuff. And she says, get me. Out of here, she said. <laughs> so she immediately demands to leave Bangkok. So I said, what do you want to leave Bangkok for? Five-star Marriott, yes. you know, buffet breakfast. She had looked out the window. Okay. And saw how the people of Bangkok were living in the street. And she has a bigger social conscience than her right. husband. Yeah. You know, yeah. she could not stay in, in a five in yeah. conscience, stay in a five-star hotel when the people outside the yeah. door were poverty struck. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think that it's not as poor a city as it was then, but the street vendors are providing for the economic means. But are you, okay, so you don't die from the street food, <laughs> right. but what, what, what about you wandering down there, mm-hmm. you know, uh, white as a snowflake, yeah. and are you not afraid of being hit over the head and your wallet being stolen? No, I mean, because these are well-trodden thoroughfares. These are the areas where people go, where people go to eat, and therefore... You know, you're not the only one there. You tend not to be the only tourist there, but it sure as hell isn't set up for but you. But I spend my entire life on holiday <laughs> worrying about okay. getting my head you not do the old plastic bag. You go to the local supermarket, you buy something, and then you put your decent camera and all that into the shopping bag of the local area and walk around with it yeah. rather than something. Well, I spend my... This is why I never do. Right. Like, <laughs> because I'm afraid of getting hit in well, the head. Brazil. I want to talk Brazil for a second. Well, very quickly, Beach Brazil. cocktails. What? Beach cocktails. This, I mean, this is not just street food, this is street drinks. Later on, you have these, you know, shrimp-stuffed black-eyed pea fritters as well. But on the beaches, particularly up in the northeast, they come out at night and they've got all the fruits you can imagine and all the alcohol you can imagine. And they make these cocktails there and then for you. It's absolutely fabulous. On the beach of Brazil? On the beach. Well, yeah. Pat in Bray is in northern Spain, lived there for many mm. years. Baby goat is uh, very much. Of course, Spain is more that kind of tapas culture as opposed to street food. Although the churros in Madrid, that uh, donut-y type uh, dough, long strings of dough, it's a great uh, celebrated in that late night city that is Madrid for as a hangover cure. And they dip it in really thick, gooey chocolate. Well, a pal of mine goes to the Algarve and obviously I've mm. been going to the Algarve for a long time and he goes to a restaurant that serves goat. So yes. I immediately crossed that off <laughs> my list. <laughs> I did have to goat stew in a Haitian restaurant in Miami, as it happens. And then, George, how dreadful for you to have to <laughs> shake hands with the lower class. <laughs> I did think you might get that reaction, George. <laughs> <laughs> how is the text? And I'm sure there's more to come. Um, we mentioned Bosnia and Croatia a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. The Bosnian Burek. A, a really thin pastry with uh, lovely spicy meat in it. You can get in cheese and spinach varieties as well. What's the point? And you can actually get a really good burek in the Moore Street Mall basement on Moore Street in Dublin, a place called His Food. You're kidding me. Yeah, gorgeous. Oh, Packed okay. with Balkans. The nearest I go to this kind of street food is I buy black bread from a Jewish bakery in Dublin. Okay, that sounds very near. street, George. Very <laughs> street, George. <laughs> Barry Kenny, thanks very much. Sean Cremong, Creef, street food, no? Uh, yes, I, I'll take food anywhere. 
uh, pretty much. Uh, we are going to be talking to a chap called Skippy Jessup today. Skippy is 39 years of age, lives in his mother's basement. He's a Mormon and he's a virgin. But we're not going to be interviewing him for any of those reasons. We're interviewing him because he's a massive collection of his own belly button fluff. <laughs> I thought Skippy was a kangaroo. No, not this lad. <laughs> All right. Belly button fluff. Hold on there. I just want to have a look. None. I cannot start to collect TMI. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. Sound engineer today, Michael Quilligan, and of course our team, Kira Courtney, Alex Russo, Aoife Breen, and Mark Simpson. Back tomorrow at noon, back next Tuesday, with hopefully some real five-star Michelin-starred restaurant with Barry Kenny on Travel Tuesday, every Tuesday at this time.